Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Ibrahim Malouf uh, with Essential, a fantastic way to kick the program off. Good morning. This is Jazz Shapers. I hope you know that by now. If you don't know, Jazz Shapers is a place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul alongside their equivalents in the world of business, a business shaper. I'm very pleased to say, and I hope I say it correctly, I'm sure I won't, that my business shaper today is Robert Tatosian, and he will correct me in a moment. He is, of course, if you don't know, the master jeweller, the man who has created a beautiful world of luxury inside the specific world of jewellery, and you'll be hearing lots from him very shortly about he, how he has built his business. On top of that, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea, some words of advice for your business. And then we've got some fabulous music from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul, including Gogo Penguin, Saint-Germain, and this from the one and only Frank Sinatra. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words, hold my hand Another fantastic track. That was Frank Sinatra with Fly Me to the Moon. Robert, and I'm going to try again. You're going to tell me. You're going to interject right now. Robert. Tatiosian. Much nicer when you said Tatiosian is my business shaper today. Um, the founder of the jewellery business, which you can find all over the world now. I think it's in 60 countries or so, but started here in little old England way back in 1990, I believe. I hope. That's correct, yes. Good. Robert, thank you so much for joining me. Why did you leave the heady world? And you were in the heady world of the, of banking. You have a proper set of qualifications behind you. All sorts of things, I'm sure, were mapped out for you by you or your family. What made you go and start your own business? It all started, uh, I had to look at my age. I was in my mid-20s. Um, I had done banking for about seven years, and I really needed a change. I wanted to be my own boss, a bit of an entrepreneur. I wanted to be in the world of fashion, and I wanted to travel the world. Luckily, at the time, I had also identified a niche in the market, which was uh, in men's cufflinks, and I thought, why not? Give it a shot. Any business needs about three years to get kick-started. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, I can still go back to investment banking and still be under 30, so not pass by my expiration date. You make it sound quite simple. You know, I just had a little bit of an entrepreneurial itch and then I went and set up a business. Now, you and I both know it's not quite as simple as that. The first question I have is where's that entrepreneurial itch come from? Where, is it a familial thing? Is it a you thing, a bit of both? I think it's probably more of a me thing. And actually, it was quite simple because um, I really didn't have a business plan. Um, all I knew was that I had a little bit of savings uh, put to the side. I didn't have a family to worry about, and I had a roof over my head. So it was an easy decision to make. But 
um, it was a little bit like that. It wasn't really a strategic plan um, with a drawn out with a bunch of investors behind me. It was just something, let's do this and give it a shot. Do you think, therefore, that the strategic plan thing is a little overrated, a little overhyped? Well, I think you do need to have a strategic plan depending what what age you're at um, and what your financial commitments are um, and if you have a family or not. So, um, yes, I think a strategic plan is important, um, but also you can start a business on a whim if you are careful as well. So the whim that you set this up on, the fact that you love, um, as you said, you want to be in the fashion world, and you saw this niche, but the cufflinks were the niche, but there's, what what was your vision at that point, way back before you created your very first product? What did you want it to be? Um, and if we look back 26 years ago, which is when I launched uh, Tatiosian, the market was very different, especially for the field of cufflinks. Um, if you walked into a store, you would never have a collection of cufflinks, and cufflinks was something more that was an heirloom that was passed from father to son, more than really a fashion item. Uh, traditionally, cufflinks were the oval, double-ended, 18-carat gold or silver. Cufflinks were connected by a chain with your monograms engraved on it. In fact, that was the first pair of cufflinks I ever owned. It was gifted to me uh, by a friend for one of my birthdays. And what I wanted to do was to turn the cuffling into something a lot more fashion, just like uh, you would go into a store every at the beginning of every season to buy a new shirt, buy a new tie. With that, you should be able to buy a new pair of cufflinks because at the end of the day, cufflinks were the only, are the only type of men's piece of jewelry that you can wear, um, aside from your wedding ring and your watch. So it's trying to take something very traditional and make it into something a little bit more fashion. Stay with me to find out more about the traditional has become just a little bit fashion with my business shaper today, Robert Tatiosian. Time for some music. This is Saint-Germain with Rose Rouge. I want you to get together I want you to get together Put your hands together one time Saint-Germain with Rose Rouge, one of my all-time favourites. Sometimes you forget the name of the track, but you know who did it. Well, now you remember again, hopefully. Robert uh, Tatiosian is my business shaper today, and we've been talking. I'm going to get the name really better each time, isn't it, Robert? Absolutely. It's, it's a question you. of practice. It's just a question of practice. Good. Um, gonna, it, we, we've been talking about jewellery and about setting up your own business and about simplicity and, and lack of strategic planning, though you wouldn't advocate that that's a good idea, I hear you say with your... It's like a good lawyer's to T's and C's at the bottom there. So you set this business up, you, you say I can move some, I can create a fashion piece out of something traditional. Those first few weeks, those first few months, those first few years, um, you're obviously a, a shrewd person who can look at, you know, objectively look at numbers and see if that was working, you were in the city. Did you think objectively it would be a success at that point? Or were you just like, well, I've got, as you said, a four-year window, and if it isn't, it isn't? Or was there more belief in yourself even in those early days? Um, when you start out, you never really know if something's going to be a success or not. I mean, of course, you have the determination to make it a success. 
um, and you have to always have a very positive attitude and uh, that it will that your idea will be a successful one um, but it, it's all touch and go especially in the field of retail where uh, buyers um, are notoriously unreliable uh, and you can get an order which then a buyer could turn around and cancel or even worse uh, you can have a buyer who gives you an order you deliver the merchandise um, and they don't pay you so uh, it is a little bit uh, can be scary and it was very scary and thank God I was uh, surrounded by supportive friends I even had friends from the banking community who used to take my tray of cufflings to their colleagues at work and whether it was Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs and try to sell a few pairs of cufflings to uh, to help me out and you know I'm laughing at it now but those those selling those four or five pairs of cufflings and cashing couple of hundred pounds made all the difference because that used to help me to pay for the office and the expenses and going to trade shows and investing more money to uh, develop more collections. Um, so it's just a question of managing the growth in a very systemic way uh, and being very prudent and, and thinking uh, rationally uh, with a little bit of emotional. You can't just uh, think from a purely business point of view because then you don't you you kind of squash the creativity um, and you always need to take a little bit of risks to succeed you can't just ju go on the cautious side and right from the beginning you've been the creative force of your own business I mean it's been your ideas and your uh, interpretations that you've then produced is that right absolutely um, and in that sense I'm a little bit of a control freak and to this day um, I still control every aspect of the creative um, of the creative uh, values of the of the company, whether it comes to the lookbook, our shops, the collections. I do have a creative director, um, and often it, there's a lot of conflict between us because it's a question of you know my views versus his views. Um, but um, I still control the creative uh, aspect of the company. Stay with me for more from my business shaper, Robert Tatiosian. Um He's the founder, the eponymous hero in the business of jewellery and making traditional things rather untraditional. And if you haven't um, ever seen his um, his beautiful work, then you just need to go onto their website and we'll, we'll give you that later as well. Uh, latest travel in a couple of minutes. And before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkondore for your business. Hi, I'm Richard Leadham, Head of Insurance Litigation at Mishkondore. One of the things I always say to clients who come to me with a claim, whether it's against an insurance company or some sort of other financial institution, is be prepared to be in it for the long run because the opponents will try and wear you down. And that applies whether you're an individual or a relatively large company yourselves. Some of these institutions are set up to try and drive you um, to distraction and abandon the claim. So having the stamina and the appetite is very important. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz FM. Every Saturday morning, I have the privilege of talking to someone who's built an empire or is building an empire, um, and it's pretty impressive too. If you've missed any of the programmes, iTunes is your destination. Just put in the words Jazz and Shapers. If you're travelling on British Airways in the near future, then you can look us up over there as well. And City AM is yet another place where you can catch um, some of my phenomenal guests from the past. The present brings me to my guest today, Robert Tatiosian. 
and he's the founder and CEO of Tatiosian. It's lucky you call it the same thing, really. Yeah. Um, those early years, we talked about the fact you are a control freak, and that is not the first time I've heard that here. I think that's the, the mark of someone who really does care and wants it to be the way it needs to be. When uh, Beyond the £100 and the £200 early on and your friends helping, when did it become a substantive business? When did you go, okay... I'm over these first few years. I can see what, or if it was years indeed, I've got something here that I need to build on, as you said, become even more systemic. At what point do you recall that happening? The business grew on year on year, and it was really when I started going to Japan uh, early on, um, that and the Japanese were placing significantly solid orders that I gained the confidence that this business had foundations um, that on which it was going to grow because you do need in a way patrons to grow your business you cannot be relying on friends to do you a favor to buy bits and pieces as you you started out by saying and the Japanese were, were now with you know you're looking at you know early 90s um, they, they Japanese love products that come from the UK. Uh, there's a lot of uh, affinity between the two countries, and the Japanese are very loyal when it comes um, to them being clients. Um, they also are very straightforward. They're honest. Uh, they pay up front, and, um, and they're great consumers. So it was when the Japanese came on board and there was a whole a number of chains in Japan that were buying the collection that uh, the business really started to run. Um, and actually, a lot of these were small boutiques. So the owner would come and tell me, Robert, you're giving me a line of men's jewelry. Uh, we love your stuff. We love your brand. Can you please start doing some women's stuff for us? So from cufflinks, we started doing bracelets. We started doing necklaces. And the collection just grew bit by bit. Uh, and then we started doing women's. Has the buzz been seeing people wear what you've created or the growth of the business and the money and I don't mean the money in your pocket I mean the fact that the you have 72 or 70 people so uh, you have stocked in Harvey Nicks in Harrods and all that what is it that makes you smile inside and outside um the money is not really <laughs> there to, to give a huge buzz the money comes in to pay the bills um so I think uh the the the, the the great satis the most most of the satisfaction comes from actually seeing um, of course seeing people wear my stuff um, and of course having a company uh, of seventy two people with a presence in seventy one countries around the world that really is um, very very satisfying to be able to walk into a store in Kuwait um, see our collection walk into a store in Moscow and see a collection and actually listen to the comments that people have and the satisfaction that people have when they wear our jewelry and that's that that gives me a that, that gives me a huge buzz stay with me for more from Robert Tatiosian my business shaper today time for some music this is from Bobby Bland or otherwise known as Bobby Blue Bland and it's called Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City Show sure enough for pity. There ain't no love. 
There he was, Bobby Blueland, with "Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City." Robert, we were we were talking about um, this business that's grown and the satisfaction. And you said very early on, you know, one of the things I wanted to do in life was travel. And uh, anyone listening will hear that you you have an accent, which means you're from somewhere. But your wh- where is your heart uh, geographically, as it were? What do you feel in terms of your nationality? If nationality is important to you, where's home? Uh, probably the air, somewhere over <laughs> Terminal 5. Um, no, I travel once a week, and I grew up all over the world. So really, uh, where I feel comfortable, of course, that London has been my home for the you know, past 30 years. Um, so London is home uh, and a place that I love. But also, I do have other homes and other places that I love visiting. Uh, New York is one. Cape Town is another um, Milan is another, Beirut is another. These are all places where um, I that I visit frequently um, and uh, that I love going back to to, to visit. Part of that um, in, in belief that that you want to be in lots of places, I'm, I imagine, also fuels your creativity because you must be influenced by different things in different countries. Does it hit you quickly what that influence is going to be? You're in a market in Cape Town or something, or you're going through these beautiful streets of high-end fashion in Milan. Are you? What do you do to catch it? Do you write a note? What do you take a photo? What happens? Um, you're absolutely right. Um, traveling and seeing things around the world uh, is one of the ways that I'm influenced when it comes to design. No, I don't take notes. Um, it's something that probably um, there's a mark that happens in the subconscious and when we do need to sit down and come up with a collection these ideas come um, streaming out so hopefully these are things that what I see is are things that I will not forget about and it's usually architecture it's pieces of furniture uh, seeing how people dress in the street um, so it's just being constantly bombarded by all these things that obviously shapes the collections and gives us ideas to develop collections. We'll be having our final chat with Robert, plus we're playing a track from Manchester's Go Go Penguin. That's after the latest Traffic and Travel. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. The superb Go-Go Penguin with Unspeakable World and they are on at the Love Supreme Jazz Festival 1st to the 3rd of July this year. It's going to be brilliant. Robert Datiosian is my business shaper just for a few more minutes. You've kind of ticked the boxes that you set out at the beginning when we started talking around your own business, around fashion and around travel. Um, it strikes me also that the freshness that you keep bringing um, to your collection is actually predicated on that travel and on that openness. I know that you recently were involved in a, an initiative with Blocks Wearables, I believe, which is this. Um, it's moving into the, the wearable, the wearable world of jewellery and so on. Where's next for you? You know, you're in, as you said, seventy-one countries. Your recognised, your work is recognised around the world. It is lauded. Why don't you just stop? 
I mean, this is good, isn't it, Robert? No, you never stop doing when you something that you enjoy doing. I still love waking up in the morning, um, coming up with new creations, meeting new customers innovating, coming up with things that are unique. You're talking about the wearable technology. That's something that um, we're looking into. But we're also always looking for very unusual materials. And the moon is next. So uh, our next collection is going to be pieces of jewelry with uh, that include pieces from the moon. So that's next. And obviously, I'm stupid. How are you going to get pieces from the moon? Robert? I'm, I'm going to go up to the moon and chisel a few pieces off is this next week when are you planning on going is there room i already have them in the i already have the pieces in the workshop no they're moon meteorites uh lunar falls and uh we're turning that into pieces of jewelry cufflings necklaces for women of course very limited editions because it's quite difficult to get the material and we're launching that in uh next month I suppose for, I mean, I think you would call yourself a creative person and you're a creative business person in that order, I'm imagining. Does that mean actually, the joking aside bit, that you could carry on for as long as you want to because retirement doesn't need to happen because ideas happen in your head? Absolutely. Um, In fact, uh, yeah, I have no retirement date in mind, uh, unlike my banking friends who are desperately looking at the date that they can leave the city. Um, I love what I do and um, i will keep on doing it for as long as uh, as long as takes do, do you think your life would have been very different if you'd have stayed in the city just in terms of the richness of how you spend your time forget the money side i mean just no in- but that's probably that, no, don't forget the money side probably my the bank account would have been a lot fuller and a lot more inflated uh but it boils down to satisfaction um so you know of course i'm much happier doing what i'm doing right now and i love what i'm doing right now well, you look very happy, and I'm very jealous of your shoes, by the way, which I think I'm going to take a photo of. I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> I would not be able to wear these sh- the floral shoes in, in the, the banking city. world. No. no, you certainly wouldn't. I promise you I'll take a photo and I'll tweet them because they're excellent, <laughs> as long as you don't mind. Listen, it's been really fun having you um, as a guest on the program. Thank you. Just before I let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? Um, um, who doesn't love Ella Fitzgerald? And uh, every time we say goodbye, so goodbye to you uh, is my choice today. Fantastic, and here it is. Every time we say goodbye, I die a little. Every time we say goodbye, I wonder why. That was one of the many Ella Fitzgerald classics every time we say goodbye. The song choice of my business shaper today, Robert Tatiosian. So calm. Wasn't he just unbelievably relaxed and yet totally on his game? He knew from a very early stage in his life that he was going to do his own thing. He wanted it to involve fashion and he wanted it to involve travel. And that's exactly what he did. And above all, he said that's what made him happy, made him satisfied. Uh, And I think that's a fantastic lesson for anyone thinking about setting up their own business. Phenomenal stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's next Saturday, 9am, here on Jazz FM for another edition of Jazz Shapers. But in the meantime, stay with us because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.